about uh, disappointment and living hope. When um, we ended last year, I was praying for a word, and I know Pastor Keenan uh, prays for a word for the community, but I was asking the Lord, could you give me a word? And the word, I, I, I didn't hear it. I saw it written in my spirit. It was written in gold, hope. And I kept, and I remember as soon as I saw it, I thought, uh-oh, that's not good. And I said it for this reason. I know enough about hope to know that hope isn't about right now. Hope is about what is coming in the future. And my family was waiting on some issues to get resolved, and they were coming to a head in January. And so I thought, oh, man, if, if, if the word is hope, things aren't going to quite go the way I've been wanting them to go. Here's the thing, uh, how my prayer went. I, I was praying on behalf of my one son who had gotten himself in, in trouble. And um, Nathan's, uh, you know, he's in the Air Force, he's overseas, and he got himself in trouble in another country. And so um, charges were brought against him. And, um, and talk about disappointment. Talk about... Disappointment is being sad or um, displeased by unfulfilled expectations, by unfulfilled dreams and plans and hopes. And when I, he called and he had to tell us, I have to say, it was devastating news for us. It was a hard uh, a, a thing to hear your son say the trouble he's in. And, and, and I totally understood how he got there. You know, you can't live any way you want. You can't, you know, he didn't have no use for, for, uh, for God, you know, and he just did whatever he wanted. And he, he, he drank and he struggled with, uh, with alcoholism and, and things that he won't even admit to, you know. Uh, and so uh, he got charged, and on, in January, uh, he was found guilty. Now he's appealing. It's a, lo it, it's a lot. I remember one um, day in the kitchen, I just leaned my head on, on Sam's chest, and I said to him, I'm so tired. It's been going on well over a year, almost a year and a half. I'm so tired, and I'm so sad. All the dreams and the hopes we had just seemed to evaporate for him. He's married and he has a wife and a, and a child. So to see those things, it's like, okay, so how do you go forward? Because here's the thing, even in the midst of that, we're still called. Even in the midst of that, we're still his sons and his daughters. In the midst of that, we're still called to be disciples. In the midst of that, there's a work that needs to be done and accomplished. So how do we keep on going in the face of that and not give up, not get discouraged, not just pull the covers over your head? So this is where I, I am right now. And so I've been looking, and so now I say, oh, your word was perfectly timed. So perfectly timed. One of the um, first words, uh, I, I, I came to the Lord um, uh, in the charismatic, it was Catholic charismatic um, renewal, 
And uh, it's when I really began to, um, I got, bought my own Bible and started to read. And one of the first scriptures that I fell in love with was from Jeremiah 29, 11. It says, for I know the plans I have for you, declareth the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. And I, I love that, that word. And I think, really, the first time I stumbled across it was going in a Christian bookstore, and it was up uh, a picture, you know. And it was like, oh, that's a great, I loved it. I had no idea the context of that word. That spoken to a people that were getting ready to go into captivity for 70 years. It takes on a whole new dimension Regardless of what you see, regardless of what you think it should look like, regardless of, of how it looks around you, the Lord's saying, I want you to understand that I have a plan for your life. I have a plan for your life. And it's for you to prosper. It's not for you for destruction. And I'm sure as they watched this uh, invading army come in, you know, and, and just... Uh, take them out captive. You know, this word was so important for them to hold on to. That regardless of where you are or what's happening, it is to give you hope and a future. Now here's the thing. Their hearts were so turned from God. They went into captivity because their hearts, he had kept calling them to return to me, return to me. In their rebelliousness, they continued to live any old way they wanted. The consequence was they were taken into captivity. But even in the midst of that, our God is for us, not against us. So, yep, you're going into captivity. You are going to have to put in those 70 years. But I need you to understand, it is to get you to turn your heart towards me so that you can prosper with the life that I have in mind for you that you'll never have without me. It's not possible. It's not possible. And so sometimes, whether it's ourselves or whether it's a family member, they have to go through things in this life. Sometimes it's just life. Sometimes it's our own choices. Sometimes it's the choices of somebody else that is impacting us. But we still have to go through. Um, Martin Luther King Jr. said this, and, uh, and I'm going by memory. Give me a minute. He said this, and he said it in a speech two months before he was assassinated. He said, we have to accept this uh, finite we have to accept finite disappointments. They're a part of life. We all have them. But don't lose infinite hope. Don't lose hope. Whatever we're going through, God's promised, and it was in Romans 8, 28, sorry, Katrina, I'm, I'm veering off course on you. 
And we know that all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. He has, he foreknown, he, he predestined. We will be conformed, and he uses things in our lives. He uses uh, affliction. He uses trials. He uses the discouragements. Those are his tools. He uses people we don't like. You, you go to work and you gotta work next to somebody you don't like and it just rubs you the wrong way. It's that friction, you know? But uh, think of an emery board, right? We take an emery board and it's friction and what's it do? It, it smooths down our nail, it makes it shorter. It, it is God's way of bringing us about to the image of his son. Uh, I remember when um, my grandson Alton was born in Texas, and I remember I had a, um, a spiritual mentor, Sister Barbara Whittemore. I loved her. And um, I was there, and uh, we were talking, and she asked me about my grandson, and tears just started to roll down my face, roll down my face. And I said to her, I always thought my kids would be close enough that I could raise help raise my grandkids. I could watch them when they went to work. I could nurture them and be an intimate part of their lives. And she said to me, and I'll never forget, Vicki, that wasn't reality. That was a dream. It's not reality. It was a dream. I was sobbing over a dream. And then she said to me, God has got a different purpose for your life. And at that point in my life, I couldn't see any other purpose. All I had really done was raise kids. So I couldn't imagine what else could I possibly do. But God had a plan. I remember praying, God, just take me home because I'm done now. My kids are raised and they don't need me. So just take me home now. Because I just couldn't imagine anything beyond. Anything beyond. The scripture says, um, I'm paraphrasing, so Lord help. Um, he says this. He will do more than you can think or imagine. He will do more within us. He will do more than we can think or imagine according to his power at work in us. We have to cooperate and allow him to work in our lives. Okay, enough. I'm getting, I'm getting on. Um, let's go to 1 Peter 1, uh, 3 through 9. It says, Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Well, let's just stop there for a minute. Great mercy. God giving us what we didn't deserve. God giving us what we couldn't do for ourselves. There is no way other than the sacrifice that Jesus made when he came and took on flesh. 
when he laid down his will for the fathers in the garden because he had a way he preferred, right? We have a way we preferred. We'd like to see the outcome a particular way. Jesus did too, but that didn't stop him from laying it down and accomplishing the Father's will. I love the fact that it's a, it's a living hope. Something that's living grows and it changes. A living hope has power to produce change in our lives. One thing that Sister Barbara Whittemore did for me was she took me from my perspective here. This is all I can see and this is all I can think about and, and I had such grief over it. And she said, Vicki, all she did was change. Look over here. Vicki, you're thinking about what you, you know, but I want you to raise your eyes to God and what God knows and what God will do and what his plans are for. So in his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a, a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Jesus' resurrection from the dead is our guarantee we're going to rise too. That's our guarantee. He did it. He did it. Into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last day. He is keeping that inheritance in heaven for us. It will not spoil. It will not fade. It's not going to be corrupted. He is saving it for us. And he's shielding and protecting it. He's shielding and protecting us. For that day when he comes. In all this, you greatly rejoice. In what? In what he has promised us. There's a song that says, I never promised you a rose garden. We were never promised certain things, but we accept certain things. But even in the disappointments, God is present and he's at work and he's accomplishing things, but we have to keep our eyes focused on that and not on the temporary things. The temporary things. When I prayed for my son Nathan, when I prayed for my, nun, uh, my son Nathan, I prayed uh, uh, Lord, I would prefer a favorable outcome, and for me, that would be for him to be vindicated. But your will be done. Ultimately, shower him with your grace and mercy, and I want him to know you. He needs salvation. Now, if I just continue to focus on the, on the part that my child's going to end up doing jail time, and that the things I had hoped for him may not be accomplished the way. I would be tempted to give up. 
I would be tempted to say to me, what kind of mother was I? What did I do that I shouldn't have done? Or what didn't I do that I should have done? He's a grown man that made his own choices, and now he lives with the consequences of them. But my eyes are still fixed on, Lord, you can still move and bring about salvation for my son. As I said to my son, when I talk to him every day, you hear the anguish in his voice, and he realizes now, I, you know, I, I didn't appreciate my family. I, I know it happened because I was drinking. I, I know, and he, you know, it's a glimpse of God. When it went into a military court rather than uh, here in the United States, it was mercy, grace of God, because the difference in the sentencing is humongous. It would have been 20 years here. Right now, it's three and a half there. The mercy of God moving. The mercy of God. He's not done yet. That's my thing. He is not, this is not over yet. As long as we are dry, uh, drawing breath, as long as there is life, there is hope. There is hope. And I am not giving up on my son. I'm not giving up on Jeremy. I'm not giving up on my son, Mark. Uh, I, I, I'm so grateful to, uh, to have seen the progress you've made. I am so proud of you. But we're not done, right? I'm not done. Until we draw our last breath, we are not done. So we can't afford to be discouraged. We can't afford to uh, waste valuable time on what wasn't or what isn't. Scripture says, uh, anyone who lacks wisdom, ask. Ask. And we have to ask. We have to. Um, sorry, Katrina. I'm going to Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. Scripture says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts, your thoughts. Am I to be so proud and arrogant that I think I know better than God? That I can't or don't want to accept something? God is moving powerfully. Keenan always says he plays chess. He doesn't play checkers. He's so many moves ahead of us, it's ridiculous. That we can't see it and we can't understand it. But our hope is in the character of who God is. And his word reveals it so well. That's why it's so important that we remain in the word. He's faithful. He's true. He's loving. He's given us promises. And he's not a man that he should. In Hebrews, and I can't tell you where, but it's in Hebrews, uh, he says uh, that he made an oath. He made promises and he made an oath. And he had to make it by, uh, on himself. There's no one higher than God. 
so when he was trying to uh, assure them, you know, to, it took two to, for an argument, it took two to, to make them feel at, at peace that, okay, this is settled. He gave two. I give my promises and I give my oath. But I can't give an oath because I'm not me. My word, my word is the oath. It's the promise. We have to hang on to his word. So when he says he works all things for the good of those who love him and are called by his purpose, he means it. And he is about conforming us into the image of his son. And he allows things to uh, uh, happen that will accomplish that. I'm thinking of um, uh, John, uh, I'm saying 15, the story of the, uh, the parable of the vine. You know that he prunes us. There's a reason so that we produce more fruit and that the Father be glorified. That the Father be glorified. He's not done with us. If you're going through a period of a disappointment, listen, we all have disappointments. Sometimes, you know, um, hey, those first couple years of marriage were rough. Okay, the first, what, 38? <laughs> were, were rough. I, I'm telling you, talk about disappointments. I'm sure Sam was terribly disappointed. I was terribly disappointed. It didn't look anything like the fairy tale. You know, there, there was no Cinderella. There was no Snow White. I mean, come on. It was an adjustment of two uh, immature people who wanted their own ways, uh, wanted to do uh, their own thing, that didn't think about the other. It was all me, 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 I, 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 I. Disappointments. God's not done. And now, Sam, Sam will say, best years of our lives. God's finally been able to bring about enough transformation that we're a blessing to one another, we're a gift to one another, that I can lean my head on him and share my heart. I'm tired, Sam, and I'm so sad right now. And have him enfold me and say, it's okay, I know. It's okay, I know. And it's not enough to just tell each other, or to tell a best friend, we need each other and we need to lean on each other. And I've been leaning on Shirley. Uh, we don't go out and eat and we don't do coffee, but we text. And I have really appreciated the way she has been there. And she didn't know the story behind it, but she was praying for my son. She knew we were going through something. I appreciate that. Man, we got to be honest with God. I, 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 in prayer, I said, I am so disappointed. I, I have been praying and praying and praying and praying, Lord, for your grace and your mercy. And it didn't look the way I thought I, I needed and wanted it to. But I yield myself to your will and to the better choice, the better direction for your will to be accomplished in my son's life. And we have to do that in every area of our lives. Every area. I'm thinking about uh, people who, who say, I can't wait till I'm going to travel when I retire. 
and then they retire and one gets sick and they never get to travel. And then the, uh, this whole new thing, you, you find yourself in that position, you need to talk to Chris Grider. Very shortly after she retired, her husband became sick. They never traveled a day. And the ability to let go of those dreams and then to be there for your husband the way you are is extraordinary. Talk about being conformed into the image of Jesus, the servant. She had to learn how to have joy in right where she was. Let's go to Romans 5, 1 through 5. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we were justified how? Through faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings. It's not just in the hope. When we are being conformed to the image of Christ, don't miss the cross. Don't miss the garden. That's part of being conformed into his image and likeness. The willingness to die. To die to self. To, uh, to, to die to uh, expectations and plans and dreams that just don't fit in to God's will for our lives. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. The ability to keep going despite opposition, despite difficulty, we keep pressing on. That's what suffering uh, causes us to do. Unless we're one that we're going to back off, but we're called to press on, to persevere. And that perseverance, our willingness to, to go through the hard times, the difficult times, to suffer, that perseverance turns to character. It produces character. I'm not talking just about uh, what our personalities like or our dispositions like. I'm talking about Christian character.
character is who we are because of our relationship with Christ. It is built and learned by following him, by following his example. It includes fruit of the Spirit. And it involves allowing God to continue his work in us. Our character really summarizes our walk with Christ. Our character summarizes, it reflects our walk and our character produces hope and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us One more scripture, Hebrews 5, uh, 7 through 10. During the days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions with fervent cries and tears to the one who could save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverent submission. Son, though he was, he learned obedience from what he suffered. And once made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him. We have a great high priest who can sympathize with us in every way. cried out tears says uh, his sweat fell to the ground like drops of blood and that prayer was heard but the will of the father still had to be fulfilled and so he chose to lay aside what he preferred for you and I, to make a way for you and I that we can have eternal life, salvation, not by works, through faith in what Jesus did, what he accomplished on the cross. He paid the price for us. He purchased us back. us to remember that God is a loving father. He says, cast your cares on, on him because he cares for us. He 
cares for us. He has loved us with an everlasting love. He's for us and not against us. He sees what we can't see. He's all-knowing. Took me by surprise, but it did not take him. So far ahead of us, accomplishing what is the, the goal, salvation. Salvation in Christ Jesus. from Romans. I don't know exactly where, but it's in Romans. Google. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. But you say, lean not on your own understanding. As you trust in him, he will fill you with joy and peace so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. How blessed we are, how blessed we are to have been given a living hope. A living hope, a hope that has the power to change and transform our lives. So whether it's you going through, whether it's a loved one going through, whether it's your disappointment in a person, whether it's a, your disappointment in, in uh, circumstances, situations, whether it's a disappointment in prayers not being answered the way you thought or wanted them to be, know that God has got your back. He is about your best, your best. I don't think you can say your best good, but I, I don't know how else to phrase it. Your ultimate good, everything. He's working everything towards your ultimate good to get you home and to get you transformed because we need to continue to be uh, conformed to the image of Jesus to have our lives being transformed by the renewing of our minds. Why? So we can have just a comfortable life? No, so when we go out, and we go back to work, and we go back into the marketplaces, right, we have a, a hope. When people ask you, what, how do you have this hope? You've got to be prepared to tell them. It's Jesus. Don't, don't try and give them the kingdom without first giving them Jesus. He's the foundation. Don't try and give them a good American life. <laughs> because this, this party's going to wrap up. question is, where are you spending eternity? Don't be short-sighted. Don't choose temporal over eternal. Don't choose comfort, momentary comfort, over what will last a lifetime. And don't we all want to continue to be transformed? Let him use the tools of his choosing. I love you. God bless you.